Good morning, church. My name is John Crawford. I am uh, part of our College of Preachers here at the table uh, and a group of folks that are learning to proclaim good news as we all learn to proclaim good news together this morning. I uh, hope you will forgive my uh, very trying to stay warm. I'm, uh, my office is in our basement and it's really cold outside, y'all, and it's, uh, it's pretty cold down here. So I'm going to stay bundled up. That's all right. Uh, let's just jump on in. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Church, here's the good news this morning. God's glory has been revealed in the incarnation, and it illuminates the path of love. It shines and guides us to the way of the cross. Today, you are invited to take up your cross allowing the light of Christ within you to pierce through the darkness of power and self-protection. Y'all, Transfiguration Sunday is this fascinating space and time where we see Jesus do the ultimate glow up. And God, in the middle of this, in the middle of this shining, in the middle of these things, speaks directly, comes to the clouds and says, hey, this is my beloved son. Would you just listen to him? Listen to what he's saying, right? This is what's happening in the transfiguration. So then what is Jesus saying? He doesn't say much in this passage. What is Jesus in the middle of saying that these, these three disciples that are experiencing this are to listen to? Well, this passage in Mark is surrounded by foretellings of suffering and death. It's called by some the, the death march in, March in Mark, this death march that Jesus is on as he goes. And not only is this death march these foretellings of suffering and death for Christ as the Son of Man, but also for those that who would follow him. Jesus gives his famous invitation just verses before this about that his followers for them to take up their cross. And then, you know, our favorite troublesome disciple, Peter, in one moment in the very center of this gospel, in the center of this narrative, confesses Jesus as the Messiah, but then rebukes Jesus for speaking that he must suffer because it doesn't fit the narrative of the Messiah or the narrative of glory befitting the Messiah that Peter wanted. It doesn't fit this. It doesn't fit what he wanted out of this. And then what's interesting to me in this narrative and what happens next is that six days later, Peter kind of gets what he wants, doesn't he? Like he gets what he believes to be the full power of God revealed in true magnificence. And friends, I think this is where we fall in danger, too, when we look at the Transfiguration passage. I think we're tempted to believe that there are these two dials of God and Jesus that he's controlling all the time. This fully God dial and this fully human dial. That somehow, sometimes when he's eating fish or he's doing different things like that, you know, he's like 105% human at that point, 95% God. It still equals 200%, still kind of there, but like it's a little dialed up. And then we get the transfiguration and that God dial is 175%, 25% human just to kind of hold on to it a little bit. Same basic shape, right? Like this is, I think this is the temptation of the transfiguration, what's happening here, uh, and how this plays out. But I believe that part of what Mark is doing here is making sure that we cannot separate the transfiguration from the cross. The transfiguration shows us in ways that our humanity can understand a little bit easier exactly who it is that is choosing the way of the cross, exactly who it is that is inviting the disciples 
and us into this same journey. The light of Christ is revealed to not only be the shining light on the mountain, but also the shining light on the cross. And I think we see this via some N.T. Wright passages. If you don't mind, I'm just going to go ahead and read because he's like, I don't know, a gazillion times smarter than me. So out of this book, How God Became King. And I think he exemplifies this. And talking about the suffering and how Jesus must suffer and how Mark talks about it. He talks, he says, through suffering, Mark seems to mean not just that Jesus must pass through it to his goal as a necessary dark tunnel before coming out into the light but also that this suffering will somehow be effective in accomplishing his task and establishing his sovereignty. He says a lot of other things, and then he goes on, and he says, and we have, alas, belittled the cross, imagining it merely as a mechanism for getting us off the hook of our own petty naughtiness, or as an example of some general benevolent truth. It is much, much more. It is the moment when the story of Israel reaches its climax, the moment when, at last, the watchmen on Jerusalem's walls see their God coming in his kingdom, the moment when the people of God are renewed so as to be, at last, the royal priesthood who will take over the world, not with the love of power, but with the power of love. The moment when the kingdom of God overcomes the kingdom of the world. Friends. The good news this morning, church, is that God's glory has been revealed in the incarnation and it illuminates the path of love in the entirety of the incarnation. It shines and guides us to the way of the cross. Today, you are invited to take up your cross, allowing the light of Christ within you to pierce through the darkness of power and self-protection. I think that one of the ways that we can be blinded by this world, the God of this world, as Paul talks about in our second Corinthians passage, is that we want to be like Peter and we want to believe that power and self-protection are the way forward. Peter held on to this in this passage and he held on to that right until the very end. And then the denial and self-protection of the denial of, I don't know, no, 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 no. And then the cutting off of the ear, just wanting to self-protect through power to protect what was going on. He wanted this mountaintop Jesus to be the true one or the entire picture. That's the Messiah he wanted and expected. But Jesus's life and the entire road to the cross, just as we read with N.T. right there, shows us that the way of love that Jesus chose and invites us to is the way of the cross. This is what he chooses. And now what I'm not wanting to do is to belittle the transfiguration. I actually think I'm trying to lift it up so that we see it in its fullness and its glory of, yes, this is the God transfigured, full of glory. Our Paul passage talks about how we see the fullness of the glory of God in Jesus, in the face of Jesus, but we see it in the entire face of Jesus. And when we only want that Jesus, the mountain Jesus, to be the Jesus that we know, I think we miss what's happening because we're being invited in this whole incarnation, this whole thing. And when we try to want to have the power or the self-protection. And uh, this is where I had this really cute illustration about how in my parenting, I power up over my child to get him to do things. And, and I think that's true. But then uh, I spent about 30 seconds on Twitter this morning. And it's just so apparent, friends, how our culture wants to hold on to power and self-righteousness and to put and lift up things with power and uh, self-protection as a way of 
that's the way. We want to push aside victims of abuse to protect a ministry that is shining bright on a hill because that's what power looks like. We can't, we can't let this ministry go aside. And this is what's happening in pieces with Ravi Zacharias and the ministries and these women that are being pushed aside as they say, I've been abused by this. And what we would rather do is protect this ministry because it believes that power shines bright. It's on a light and it's these things. When Jesus shows us, no, the entire thing is the entire way. It's all the way. It's what happens when our politics are built around celebrityism and in all sides. We want the person that shines bright. We want the person that shines perfect. We imagine that we want the mountaintop character, whoever it is, and only that. And Jesus says, yes, this is who I am. But the entire way of love is the way of the cross. The entire way of these things. Jesus isn't trying to protect his power. He's not trying to protect himself. Jesus says the way of the cross is the way of love. Jesus in the transfiguration shows that the fullness of light on top of the mountain is just the same on the cross. There is no difference. Only the mystery of Christ as fully God and fully human. And the mystery of us is fully the body of Christ together. Church, what do you feel you need to protect today? What power are you holding on to for fear that the cross would be too costly if you let it go? Maybe in the cute illustration you didn't get for you and like me, uh, it's the cost of the control of my home life to give up a little bit of control over these other humans that I share this life with, uh, what would that do? Maybe it's your financial future. Take up your cross with that and to trust in this space. As we begin our Lenten walk, going into beyond whiteness, is there a fear of realizing ways of complicitness or racism that might actually be present in your life? Friends, what areas of darkness are in your life? that you'd find yourself tempted to protect your power, to want to go after power or to protect yourself and the things that you have. Church, to these things, receive the good news today. Then all these things, the full glory of God is still present. And this is a side note, as we go to, and Ben talked about this a minute ago, as we go to take, you make Eucharist together. This is part of why we make Eucharist, I believe, with, with bread and wine and not like here, take this gasp of light, just eat a little bit of light, or here's this throne that you can have a piece of. No, we take this bread and wine, the body of Jesus, the full glory in the face of Christ, and we partake in this together. Church, we've been given the light of the knowledge of this full glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we are invited to walk together as the body of Christ in this daily picking up of our crosses, showing that God's glory has been revealed in the incarnation and it illuminates the path of love. It shines and guides us to the way of the cross. Church, today, you're invited to take up your cross, allowing the light of Christ within you to pierce through the darkness of power and self-protection. Amen.